Hello and welcome to your spiritual awakening. We're here to teach you the word of Godney and all about the legendary Miss Britney Spears. You're listening to episode 9, Her Prerogative. Hello everyone. First and foremost, Free Britney has now turned into Freed Britney. Yay! Britney is free. Talented, brilliant, incredible, amazing, show-stopping, spectacular, never the same, totally unique, completely not ever done before, unafraid to reference or not reference, put in a blender, shit on it, vomit on it, eat it, give birth to it. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so we're going to continue this podcast, even though she is free, because I think it's a big possibility that things are far from over. I mean, she said that the people who did this to her belong in jail, and she also said that she wants to sue her family. So I definitely think it's important to continue to discuss the injustices done to Brittany and to demonstrate how she was put in a conservatorship despite the fact that she did not belong in one in the first place. Also, of course, we want to celebrate her career and discuss the amazing work she has done over the last 20-something years she's been in the industry. This week, we will be talking about Britney's fourth album, In the Zone. So the question of the week is, or the question of the episode, is what Britney song puts you in the zone? (laughs) What zone are we talking (laughs) about? Let me explain. In the zone could mean, like, you're ready to go, you're getting pumped up, you're ready. It could also mean, like, you're... I don't know, putting makeup on and like you're you're in getting ready to go yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you give yourself that like pep talk. Or it could mean you're like really focused and in like a hip hypnotized state. Right. Okay. Um hmm. hold on. So <laughs> whatever you want to define the zone as, I think Brittany has so many of these songs. But for me, breathe on me is one that has, like, a hold on me, you know? That's very sexy. Sexy That's not the kind of hold that I meant. (laughs) I was gonna say... I was gonna say... Circus. Ooh. Like, oh, no. Piece of me. Oh! When I'm, like, going somewhere. Right, right, right. I gotta hype myself up. I gotta get confident. I'll listen to that. Unusual You You is another one. You want a piece of me? (laughs) That's how I feel. Unusual You is a great song. Yeah. Okay, so... Last week, we did not get the chance to talk about In the Zone, but I'm really ready to do that now. So let's get into it. This is going to be a detailed, thorough examination of the album. Not not really, but... Okay, so the first <laughs> song recorded for In The Zone was Touch Of My Hand. You know that one? Oh, yeah. Um, it influenced the direction of the album. In The Zone was released in November, but the first single, Me Against The Music, featuring Madonna, was released in October. This song has some of Britney's best choreography, which we will certainly be posting on Instagram eventually, which is funny because I have not yet posted the videos for (laughs) the last episode, and it's been two weeks. Better get on that. Anyway, so Toxic was the second single and was released in January of 2004. The song is arguably Britney's most popular and won a Grammy for Best Dance Recording. 
The music video, although absolutely legendary, has sparked some controversy both in the past and recently. As it was released right after Nipplegate, an incident in which Justin Timberfake exposed the nipple of Janet Jackson and threw her under the bus and basically ended her career, um, you know, with the help of some other horrible men. Toxic was not aired during daytime TV due to the nude scene and, like, the whole controversy around nipples. Uh, sorry, women's nipples. Yeah. Now, more recently, although Brittany and Joseph Kahn, the director, have said time and again that Brittany came up with the idea for the video, her choreographer, um, well, I guess former choreographer, Brian Friedman, has recently come out to claim the idea as his own. So I just thought that was kind of interesting. I don't know. Um, I don't really know what his motive was. I I guess to, you know, take ownership of an iconic video. But at the same time, I mean, based on everyone else's statements, I feel like he is either lying or stretching the truth. I don't know. It's also possible Britney came up with the idea originally and gave it to him and then he made something more out of it. Mm-hmm. And then he took that and ran with it. This Brian Friedman guy, I think we'll get more into him uh, in later episodes, but for now, just keep this in mind. Every Time was the next song that was released as a single in April of 2004. Near the end of the Dream Within a Dream tour, Britney befriended her backup singer, Annette Artani, and by inviting her to hang out after Artani told her that her relationship was ending. So they, like, bonded over, breakups. you know, breakups. Mm-hmm. Classic. At the end of the tour, Britney invited her to her L.A. home, and their bond grew because of their similar breakup experiences. They wrote some songs together at the piano, and then her, Brittany, Brittany's stylist, and Felicia went to vacation in Lombardy, Italy, where they wrote Every Time. Every Time is a ballad, and it is a response to Crimea River, in which she apologizes for being unfaithful. Well, she doesn't specify what she's apologizing for, but she asks for forgiveness. The music video was definitely also very controversial the treatment for the video was actually leaked online and it was discovered by the public that britney planned to kill herself in the video after being hounded by paparazzi and fighting with her on-screen boyfriend she later announced that this concept had been removed but the video still features her dying and like coming back to life in the bathtub So, I don't know if it was really removed, but it was more so just censored. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I do not understand how no one at the time saw this as, like, a cry for help. Or if they did, they just didn't want the gravy train to stop. So, if someone close to me is like, yeah, you know what? I think it would be a great idea for this video if, you know, we recreated this situation that's really close to my life. And then at the end, I kill myself. (laughs) Yeah, I would be very concerned, for sure. Uh, Absolutely. So, (laughs) you know, I mean, despite that, I love this song. It's one of my top ten Britney songs. It's very, like, sincere. Finally, Outrageous was the last single to be released. 
I only mention this song because during the filming of the music video, Britney hurt her knee so badly that she had to get surgery. The video and the current tour she was on, the Onyx Hotel tour, were then cancelled. Now, this injury is important to the timeline as some fans argue that it was what started the domino effect that eventually landed her in a conservatorship. I don't believe that, but, you know, <laughs> some do. This was also basically the around when she stopped performing really intricate dance moves, um, but some speculate that she had been moving in that direction anyway. There are other rumors that she had been given prescription drugs after the surgery, which started a battle with substance abuse. That is only a rumor. It also gave her, this is a fact, a lot of time with her future ex-husband, K-Fed, so some argue that without the knee injury, she would not have married Kevin. What we do know is that this gave Brittany a break, something that she had wanted for a while but hadn't yet received until she physically broke down. So that's pretty crazy. Crazy in a bad way. With this album, she became the first female artist to have four consecutive number one albums on the Billboard 200. So despite reports that her star was falling, it's pretty clear she was still going strong. She promoted this album um, a lot, so she did this really cool special called In the Zone and Out, Out All Night, where she did surprise performances at a few nightclubs to promote the album. So I really recommend watching this. It's on YouTube. She just like goes into the club. Imagine you're at the club. Yeah, I was trying to and all put of a myself sudden, in that situation. Britney Spears Britney just Spears, pops up yeah. and starts yeah performing yeah i would die oh i mean the crowd's reaction is they die it's, yeah. it's pretty great <laughs> so she also had this really awesome performance for trl in new york city and we will post that it's one of my favorites it's like freezing cold but of course she's got really low rise pants on you know and like her belly is showing um classic britney and the ABC special was to promote this per sorry this album. So that's my favorite Britney performance. I mean, it's lots of performances in one. But anyway, that's the album. Tons of Britney lore surrounding it, and honestly, even more than we can cover in the time we have today, because we have to discuss some other important events. Things are going to get a bit more chronological from here on out. Let's start with her first marriage of 2004. <laughs> so she really started off 2004 with a bang. In January, literally like the beginning of the year, Brittany got married for the first time. Here's that story as described in Steve Dennis's Inside the Dream. Brittany and some Kentwood friends, including her brother Brian and some dude named Jason Alexander, were celebrating New Year's Eve together at the guest house at Serenity, the mansion Brittany had gifted to her mother. Lynn did not like that at all, and there was a fight in which Brittany yelled about being controlled and ended with her moving the group to the Palms Casino Hotel in Vegas. According to Jason's tell-all account in News of the World, they had taken ecstasy, which I guess led to him and Brittany making out at midnight. They then went back to the hotel, did some not PG stuff, 
popped more pills, and watched the movies Mona Lisa Smile and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre over the next two days. On January 3rd, Brittany asked Jason if he wanted to get married, and they were headed over to the Little White Wedding Chapel by 3.30 a.m. Two random strangers were pulled off the street to be their witnesses. Literally, no one in their life at that point knew what had happened, not even her brother or the friends of the hotel. Brittany called Lynn and confessed what she had done, and then the Spears' parents got on the plane with Larry Rudolph, if you recall, that was Brittany's manager, two bodyguards, and a lawyer. They scolded the newlyweds, who, quote, resembled scolded school children as they sat, man and wife, on the edge of the bed. Brittany was told that her career could be ruined, and that both of them had to sign the annulment if they wanted to leave the room. The marriage lasted... Guess how many hours? Three. Nope. Jesus. Fifty-five. Oh. Well, that's not bad. <laughs> Jason was convinced that despite the annulment, they would eventually have a real relationship, as he has said that Brittany assured him that they would talk and everything would be okay. In a recent interview with the podcast Toxic, Jason had this to say, quote, They told me if I would sign the contracts, the annulment, they would let me and Brittany continue our relationship. And if we felt the same way in six months, they would give us a proper marriage. So I had no reason to believe otherwise. I thought that's what the truth was. They were allowing Brittany and I to still have phone communication. So we were talking every day, and I still believed the story I was told, that they were going to let us continue to talk, and then we would have this marriage. In the future, if we felt the same way. Literally the day after, like the 30 days was up, I remember trying to call the number I had for Brittany, and it was like beep, beep, beep. I'm like, fuck, they got me, motherfucker. So that was it. We stay in contact pretty regularly in the last few months. Last night via text message was probably the last time. So, um, I would take what this man says with a, uh, grain of salt. Now, I don't doubt that what he says is rooted in some sort of truth, but remember, what he experienced could be totally different from, different than what Brittany experienced, right? I mean... It could be that he's telling the truth as he perceives it. Yeah. That, you know, he thought they were going to have a real relationship, mm -hmm. but they, Brittany never actually intended that. But he was that. wrong. I mean, yeah. Also, this man is, um, he is not a stand-up guy. He, let's just say he is a huge douche. He was so also arrested for, like, something involving an airport okay yeah i don't know uh, <laughs> this is not the jason alexander show as dennis writes britney later told people magazine quote that thing was a total ug i was not involved at all sorry i was not in love at all oh i see yeah so during her onyx hotel tour she yelled into the crowd quote you may be lucky i could end up marrying you so I kind of think that she saw this as more of like a funny little thing that happened rather than an actual marriage. I mean, if you marry someone like the day after you meet them, then it's she probably knew... not actually serious. So she knew him from her childhood. <laughs> oh, okay. But, but I mean, like. No, you're still it's... dating. Yeah, they weren't dating. Yeah, they weren't dating. They weren't even so... dating. 
So I don't know. I think this whole incident, no matter what really went on on the relationship side of things, I think it shows how there's a lot there's a lot of control going on, right? I mean, as soon as Lynn was told about the marriage, she went to end it and sort of treated Brittany like a child, right? I mean, I get it. If I, if my child did that, you bet your ass I would go down and be like, listen, I really think that you need to think about this more and annul it, right? Like, talk mm-hmm. to them. Talk, talk it out. But that's not what Lynn did. She, by her own account, went there and forced them to sign the annulment and describe them as children, right? Brittany is not a child at this time. She's in her 20s. She's our age that we are yeah. right now. All right, let's go back to Through the Storm, speaking of Lynn, for a second. So when Brittany told her about the marriage, Lynn writes that she responded, quote, that's the stupidest thing I have ever heard of. (laughs) And listen, it's pretty dumb. It's pretty, like you said, it's pretty dumb. But to be fair, I can think of some way stupider things. Yeah, for sure. That some, especially that some of the Spears family members have done. That is very true. So Lynn was fuming she called jamie and brian and like steve said got on a plane to nevada once there she asked them quote is this what you want they shook their heads no lynn writes that this was quote out of character for Brittany, which clued me into the fact that something was going on with my daughter almost two years after she and justin had broken up Brittany was still wounded To add insult to injury, she had been beaten to death in the press over her annulled marriage and because her third album was not performing as well as the first two. She was starting to act out of her pain, and the catch was she had the money to party and jet set to her heart's content, all in an effort to numb her disappointment and heartache. Well, actually, there was more than one catch. Brittany was living in a fishbowl, and every false move she made was duly noted by millions of people all over the world. She could run, but there was no place on earth my child could hide. Okay, so a couple things. First, it's interesting that she says she was that Brittany was starting to act out of her pain, right? When we know that Brittany had been in pain, and not necessarily over Justin, for a long time. So either Lynn is lying, or she's not in tune as in tune with her daughter as she likes to think she is i'm gonna go with lying because um well that's just who and has shown us that she (laughs) is over the past few years not to mention the fact that we know we have footage of britney calling lynn consistently while she's away from her and Brittany has always said how close her and Lynn were and that they they kept this bond throughout the, the first few years of her career. The second thing that I find interesting is that Lynn says there is no place on earth my child could hide. Is that true? At this point in the timeline, I fully believe that if Brittany were to go back to Kentwood and just like lay low for a while, the press would... You know, they would have become bored and moved on. Her mom could have voiced these concerns that she apparently had at the time, like sat her down and said, listen, why don't you cancel the tour? Fuck the money. Fuck your career. 
You're set for life already. Like, you're a legend already. So just come to Serenity. I'll take care of you for a while and give you the break that you obviously desperately need. Now, of course, we have no way of knowing if she made any effort to do something of the sort, but she doesn't mention it in her book. So I'm inclined to believe that she did not at this time do that. A couple of months later, Brittany embarked on the Onyx Hotel tour. Yeah, so she's going from having this obvious crisis. Like, come on, let's let's be real here. Marrying someone like that, even if it's just a joke, you obviously need some time off. Mm-hmm. The concept of this tour is really great. It was inspired by Broadway musicals, particularly Grand Hotel, which portrayed a day in the life of the Berlin Grand Hotel in 1928. So during the tour, she like goes through different rooms of the hotel while performing. Like there's a check-in and a check-out thing. And this tour is very sexy. I mean, the performance of Breathe On Me, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. She's like simulating sex with a male backup dancer and then starts just making out with him. Yeah. Um, on, on a bed. On a bed. On a bed. bed. There's, yeah. It's great. It's great. So it was right before the European leg of the tour that Brittany met K-Fed. So this is Steve's version of events. In April of 2004, Brittany tipped off the press that she would be at the Beverly Hills Hotel. She walked out of there with K-Fed. One paparazzi told Dennis, quote, We all thought, who the fuck? Who's this punk? Or maybe it was, what the fuck? Who's this punk? I don't know. I might have wrote that down wrong. He was Kevin Federline, a.k.a. K-Fed, the backup dancer for Christina Aguilera and Justin Timberlake, who Brittany had met four days earlier at a club. He was a father of one, and Char Jackson, his ex-girlfriend, was pregnant with their second child. Char said that she had last seen Kevin when he told her he was off to work on a commercial. Kevin, supported by two other sources, insisted that their relationship was over before he had even met Brittany. Shar accused Brittany of, quote, not only breaking up a relationship, but a family as well. Now, I have a feeling that no matter what their relationship status was, Kevin had told Brittany it was over. Despite having just met each other, Brittany told Kevin that she would not leave to the European, for the European tour unless he came with her. Of Kevin and Justin, she said, quote, My other loves were like puppy love. They were like practice for the real thing. This is my happily ever after. On the flight back to America, Brittany proposed to Kevin after only two months of dating. Oh, Brittany. <laughs> he actually rejected her because he thought that a man should propose to the woman, not the other way around. Oh, Kevin. <laughs> and then he proposed to her. She obviously said yes. Christ. The wedding was set for September of 2004 and was going to be super low-key. Brittany wore this really pretty but, like, classic strapless gown. Her bridesmaids wore burgundy dresses, and then they changed into pink Juicy Couture tracksuits. <laughs> Did they actually? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> so there's not much on Jamie during this time. However... It should be noted that Brittany and Kevin picked up Jamie from rehab in 2004, and he had actually gone there, according to court filings, um, after Brittany had urged him to go. 
And through the storm, Lynn writes that she, quote, liked am amiable Kevin because he was down to earth and kind hearted. I advise Brittany to take it slow, but you can sometimes advise your adult child all you want and the message just does not get through. I will give her that. That's mm -hmm. true. Lynn also tells us that Kevin made Brittany feel grounded. He gave her stability and acceptance. I have to laugh. Stability? Sir, this man literally is a father to two children and abandoned their mother. Yeah, while she's pregnant while with she's his pregnant. child. Yes. That's just, that's pathetic. Yeah. No, it is pathetic. And, you know, Brittany was young and we know how she was raised. We can't really blame her for this, but holy crap, she should have seen this shit show coming. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, on the other hand, though, like, he really, in my opinion, I believe, did accept Brittany for who she was. We will see more of that next episode, but I think he actually really did care for her. And he was quite normal and not at all like the other Hollywood types, right? He didn't give a fuck. So I can see the appeal when we're talking about Brittany, who is from a super small town where, you know, everybody was dirt poor. It, it kind of it, it checks out. When it comes to the media, they too could not work out why Brittany was with this ratty ass man. <laughs> Someone who knew Kevin quite well told Steve that he knew how to have a good time, but also when to stop. He was often home before 1am. Quote, people think he's a flash gold digger, but nothing could be further from the truth. Now, he has literally lived off of Brittany's money for the past decade or so, but okay. In 2008, he told People Magazine, quote, I don't look at her as Britney Spears. I look at her as somebody that I fell in love with. Everything just seemed so right. So I don't know. What do we think of Kayfeda at this point? Is he a money grabber? An opportunist? Is he actually in love with Britney? A normal dude? A mix of all of that? I don't know. We, like I said, will explore this more in the next episode. But there's our introduction to Kayfed. Also of note, this is the year Brittany left Larry Rudolph's management. So she was really sort of like taking control of things and doing what she wanted to do. This was highlighted by two new songs released alongside a Greatest Hits album. The first one is My Prerogative. This is a cover of Bobby Brown's My Prerogative, and I truly love Brittany's version. It's basically Overprotected 2.0. Here are some lyrics that I will talk and not sing <laughs> very awkwardly people can take everything away from you but they can never take away your truth but the question is can you handle mine they say i'm crazy i really don't care that's my prerogative and then later on in the song everybody's talking all this stuff about me why don't they just let me live i don't need permission make my own decisions that's my prerogative so again, it's interesting how reflective those lyrics are of her situation today. It's almost like she was sick of being so controlled even before the conservatorship. The music video depicts Brittany and Kevin getting married, so this definitely seemed like a big fuck you to the press <laughs> and all the naysayers. Do Something is the second song, and it's also very Brittany. I believe um, it's the first time she says fuck in a song. 
it's pretty punk as far as Britney goes, and it shows more of, like, her rebellious side, right? So there's a theme here. So to sum up, Britney is seriously beginning to push against control with some pretty drastic actions. Not only has she married a guy that no one expected or wanted her to, but she also fired her management and released two songs that encapsulate the idea of freedom and rebellion. Let's talk a little bit about Miss Christina Aguilera and the ongoing feud in 2004. In an interview in 2004 with Us Weekly, Christina said, quote, I know Britney. She's not trailer trash, but she sure acts that way. Yes, that is a direct quote. She really said that. Maybe this will give some contact context as to why Britney posted something um sort of recently calling out Christina now I'm not going to comment on that situation anymore but she also said about Britney's ring which Britney had actually purchased herself I believe it was five carats um it was a huge and expensive (laughs) ring and she bought it for herself i don't see the problem with that. She's a multi, multi, multi-millionaire at this point. I would never let a guy buy an engagement ring for me unless I picked it out first. That too. I'd rather just, yeah. I mean, listen, Kefa didn't have the money to get her what she wanted, so she bought her own. Yeah, it's fine. How is that bad? Like, they're both <sighs> getting engaged to each other. Anyone can buy the engagement yeah. ring. Christina said of the ring, quote, I can't believe that girl bought her own engagement ring. I've seen it up close. It looks like she got it on QVC. What's QVC? QVC is like those ads that they run on television and they're like, you need this crazy thing. Buy it right now. Call call us right now. Oh my God. Why is she so mad? Why is she so mad at Britney? I, I don't know. All right, let's talk about the letters of truth. The letters of truth were like these letters that Brittany wrote for her fans and posted on her website. Here are some highlights from October 2004. I am also going to take some time off to enjoy life. I've actually learned to say no. That's in all caps. With this newly found freedom, it's like people don't know how to act around me. Should we talk to her like we did when she was 16? Or like the icon everyone says she is? My prerogative right now is to just chill and let all of the other overexposed blondes on the cover of Us Weekly be your entertainment. Good luck, girls! In all caps. Two exclamation marks. (laughs) I'm sorry that my life seems like it was all over the place a lot the past two years it's probably because it was i understand now what they mean when they talk about child stars going and going and going is all i've ever known since i was 15 years old it's amazing what advisors will push you to do even if it means taking a naive young blonde girl and putting her on the cover of every magazine i know now that my knee gave out on me this past summer so that i would have no choice but to stop My body was shutting down and needed a rest. It's funny how the man upstairs works. Right now, I have to go. 
I really want to watch Saved with Mandy Moore and reruns of Sex and the City. I want to enjoy all of the simple things that I missed over the past few years due to working way too much. Being married is great and I can't wait to start my new family. There is so much change going on right now, not only with me, but in the world as well. So the next time you see my face, hear one of my songs, or even if I'm the topic of your next conversation, please remember that times are changing and so am I. Love always, Brittany. So, you know what this reminds me of? What? Her Instagram. <laughs> I was gonna say that with the the long rants with lots of exclamation points. Yep. Guys, she's always been like that. Like, this is... I know, it's not like something weird and new. It's just the way she is. She says whatever's on her mind. It's true, and people like that about her, how genuine, sincere, and seemingly uncalculated she is, right? I love how she's like, she goes from talking about her career, okay, first, the fact that she says good luck girls is <laughs> quite amazing. I know. <laughs> um, But the fact that she goes from like talking about her t- career immediately to saying, I want to watch Saved with Mandy Moore and reruns of Sex in the City. Like, that is so Britney. The... The way that she talks in her Instagram captions and the way that she wrote her letters of truth, it's just so similar. And, I mean, you know, it's the same Britney that uh, the public has known since the beginning of her career. So, here's something from November 2004. I haven't really thought a lot about work lately. What better time for a Greatest Hits album to come out? I can actually enjoy and reflect on my success at this point in my life. I may be disappointing some fans out there, but I don't think I'll do another tour for a couple of years. My priorities in life have changed. I am having fun again reading all the magazines that I enjoy, mainly because I am not on them. At this point in time, what I want is not my face on every cover, but someone else's instead. I really want to help other people achieve their dreams and possibly even develop new artists. Everything is in the very beginning stages, and it feels great to just think about different opportunities that I'm interested in pursuing. So, I mean, clearly, from the last letter and this letter, she she's done, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least for now. Like, she wants a break. And she's getting it. Here's the next letter. My mom was the best at everything, but she wasn't a Stepford wife at all. She had her own way of doing things. Some of the women where we are from went to church every week, but also gossiped the entire time they were there. These women also worshipped their husbands in a weird way and talked to their kids as if they were a principal lecturing a student instead of a mother to her child. Living in a small town can make it so easy to just follow the mold and go along with how everyone else does things. But my mom managed to set her own course and not get corrupted into doing things like all the other women. My mom was, and still is, a super mom. She is just so much fun, and I think the reason why I relate to her so well is because she's a young mom. A lot of people think you should wait till you're older to have kids. I've had a career since I was 16, have traveled around the world and back, and even kissed Madonna. The only thing I haven't done so far is experience the closest thing to God, and that's having a baby. I can't wait. I thought I would never say this, but I love not working so much. To be a really good mom, I feel your child needs to be your full-time job. I want to raise my kids and share all of those precious moments with them and not rely on nannies. So, hot take. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting though because it just reminds you how fast-track life is. 
when you're thrust into stardom at a young age, right? And I mean, other celebrities, um, like child stars, have talked about this, how there's a lot of growing up to do, and it happens so, so fast. Not only that, but they experience everything before they're a fully realized adult. Mm -hmm. I mean, Britney had already traveled the world before she was 20. You know, while most people don't make enough to be able to support a family and buy a house by the time they're, you know, 25, (laughs) Britney sure did. She had enough to support a family probably before she was even 20. Some people don't even get to that point ever at all. Mm -hmm. So it's all... It reminds me of Kylie Jenner in that way. Not that I'm comparing Kylie Jenner and Britney Spears, but... Just that you can see how it's like, oh, well, what is there left for me to do? Yeah. Have a baby. Have a baby. Like, haven't, haven't I've traveled the world. Yet. I have all the money I could want. Um, I have all these experiences. I've kissed Madonna. Yeah. What else is there to do? I've done it all. And now it's time to start a family. Exactly. So, speaking of money, Brittany released her first perfume with Elizabeth Arden in 2004. It broke the company's first week gross for a perfume, so it was extremely successful from the jump. She eventually turned this perfume line into an empire, and we'll talk about this more in later episodes, but just keep this in mind that she started the perfume uh, business in 2004. All right, let's finish things off with Kabbalah. I think that's how you pronounce it. Kabbalah? I don't know. We'll find out. Kagala. Kabbalah. 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 Madonna had introduced Britney to Kabbalah, which is described by Wikipedia as, quote, an esoteric method, discipline, and school of Jewish mysticism. Around this time, lots of celebrities, believe it or not, were a part of the spiritual movement. Demi Moore, Ashton Kutcher, Lindsay Lohan, Paris Hilton included, and they all wore red strings on their wrists. Apparently, this religion, spiritual movement, not sure what to call it, explores the nature of God and the universe. Yeah, so honestly, I'm not too clear on it. Anyway, Madonna had, according to Dennis, tried to help Brittany in her struggles by teaching her about this movement and gifting her the books of Zohar, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, whose Hebrew words Brittany said, quote, become clear as you meditate. Notice she does not speak, she does not speak Hebrew. (laughs) She does not speak Hebrew, but (laughs) apparently, wow, you would like meditate on these words and their meaning would come to you. Did did they ever check afterwards what the meaning was and see if see if they got it right? I honestly, I do not think so. Um, but it's crazy to me how many people were that involved is in crazy. this. Yeah, why? What? It was like a trendy thing, I guess. I mean, Brittany actually left her Baptist faith for Kabbalah, and I think it's pretty clear that her faith in her um her own religion was wavering right i mean lynn mentioned this in through the storm and i think that she needed something to replace it 
So she turned to Kabbalah and, well, I guess, I mean, she, maybe she turned to Madonna and then Madonna introduced her to Kabbalah. Um, she even had Hebrew words tattooed on her neck, which translated into, quote, the power of this name brings the energy of healing at the deepest and most profound level. Cool. So, I think, yeah, (laughs) there's obviously, there's stuff going on. I mean, make of that what you will, but I don't really know if, we know Britney takes spirituality very seriously, right? Okay, whether it's um, Christianity or astrology. Yeah. She's always been someone, or at least documentaries and, you know, interviews have shown that she's always been someone who has kept spirituality and faith as a big part of her life and personality. Yeah. Like I said, she must have been losing faith for some reason. Mm -hmm. Now, what that reason was, well, it could be a mix of things. But, of course, we will never know because, well, we don't know her. Yeah, so next week we'll talk a lot more about K-Fed. If we talked, if we discussed everything with K-Fed in this episode, it would have been three hours long. Because there is a lot. But just to give you a little bit of a preview, during, like, the European leg of the tour, they filmed a reality TV show called Britney and Kevin Chaotic. Yeah, that is what we will be talking about for the majority of next episode. I feel like we hmm. usually end, usually now, we, or like for the last few episodes, we end on like a good note talking about yeah. more recent news. So... Brittany is free. Okay. Yay. Brittany said she's gonna have, or she said she wants to have another baby. A Aww. little girl. Right. Okay, let's say that Brittany asked us for name suggestions for her little girl. You know, she she has asked for, like, her fans, what she should name her album, and what single she should release, so this is not... (laughs) And where she should have her wedding. So, like, this is not a crazy, you know, plot line. (laughs) But let's say that she did that. What is your suggestion? Let's say, hypothetically... I'm going with Lucy... It's classic, it's cute, it works for a kid and an adult, and it was the name of her character from Crossroads. Right. That is Which a is a fantastic name. movie. So, you know, and you can nickname, you can, you know, have the nickname Lulu. I feel like Brittany would Lulu. like that. It's very southern sounding. <laughs> yeah, it Lulu is. Lulu or Cece. Cece, yeah. So, anyway, that's my suggestion. Yeah, um, well, I haven't really thought about this. <laughs> um, um, you don't want Amy. Amy? If you seek Amy. <laughs> I guess that is not appropriate. That's not appropriate. But that's sure. the only thing I could think of right now on the spot. So Okay. What about I've... just, like, a normal name? Ugh, a normal name? Okay. Uh, Chloe. Chloe? Yeah, that's a nice name. That's cute. My cousin is named Chloe. Well, don't give out personal information. Sorry, take that. <laughs> I like that name, though. Chloe! Yeah. Okay, so... I feel like Brittany would like that. I think she would. 
Brittany is free. Have a great week. And we will see you all. Next no, we time. Won't. We will not see you. We will never see you. <laughs> and you, you will, will hear, us hear us next time. In two weeks. Next time you hear us. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please follow us on Instagram at Spiritual Awakening. That's S P E A R I T U A L. And check out our website at spiritualawakening.wixsite.com slash podcast for all of our sources, Brittany updates, and more. See you next time, and may the Holy Spirit guide you.